And here we go, here we go! Raider Nation. Raider Nation. Welcome to the Silver and Black Hack Podcast. Your home for the most real Raiders takes, predictive stats, and advanced analytics. We bleed silver and black. Here are your hosts, Raider Heart and Raspy Raider. What's good, Raider Nation? How about them donkeys, huh? <laughs> Welcome back to the Silver and Black Hack Podcast. I'm your host, Raider Hart, and in this Raiders Broncos recap show, Raspy and Raider and I are going to recap the Raiders 34-24 victory. We're going to talk about Derek Carr and Henry Ruggs had a big, big day. We're going to look at Greg Olson by the numbers. And, of course, we're going to take a look at another big day by Gus Bradley's defense making big plays. But before we get into any of that, we always like to remind you to look us up on social media. You can always find us, especially on Twitter, at Silver underscore Hack. And you can find this episode, guys, as well as any previous episode from this season or last season, season one, you can find us on all the major podcast providers, uh, you know, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Pods, Google Pods, you know, so on and so forth, basically all of them. So no excuse. We're everywhere. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. And as always, we like to tell you guys, man, make sure to spread the word. We continue to grow. So tell your friends, tell your family. And uh, make sure to spread the word. And uh, just one note, we usually do Captain of the Week and Walk the Plank. And we're going to continue to do that. This week, though, we just felt that with the effort, you know, from Coach Passaccia on down, Greg Olson, all the players, Mike Mayock, just a complete organization, you know, coming together with the team effort under some of the most adverse circumstances that we can remember and getting a win against a, a you know a hated divisional foe on the road, we're going to do something different. We're going to actually wave the plank because just we just didn't feel like anybody really warranted walking the plank this week with this great performance. So we will do captain of the week, both Raspy Raider and myself. Uh, now's the time to bring in the wounded warrior this week, Mr. Raspy Raider, dealing with the tooth issue, is manning up. Like the Raiders manned up yesterday in the Mile High City, and he's showing that Raider grit and uh, joining us to recap a, a big, big Raider win. Raspy Raider, why don't you say what's up, brother? What's up, Nation? Might have a little bit of a heavy lip on this one, so if I sound any more muffled than I normally do, I doubt you'll notice. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just – Similar to the massacre that we put on the donkeys yesterday, the uh, dentist did to my tooth today. So, ah, yeah, he was uh, he was getting after it, man. So, but it's all good, man. I tell you, like, like I said, when I say I bleed this stuff, we mean it, man. <laughs> but we're <laughs> here. We're gonna it. we're gonna power through no matter what, man. It's gonna. And another thing, nation, I said on the last show, 
that the Utah thing was over. It looks like it's not. Um, they just keep oh, wanting no. to bring. They just keep wanting to bring Raspy back, man. I guess I need to do a, a lousier job out there. I just don't have it in me to, to do that. So, but we'll get this knocked out, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep knocking them out, man. I just hope that we don't have any kind of issues. So we're gonna do the best we can and keep it pushing, keep it moving like we do, just like we did this week, man. So let's get into it. Just like the Godfather, right? As soon as you you think you're out, they pull you back in, right? That's right. <laughs> well, the, the the Raiders, you know, pulled the Broncos back into a potential death spiral on the season. Coach interim head coach Rich Bisaccia with the very impressive debut. Raiders win 34-24 in a game that let's just let's just face the facts, guys. It really wasn't that close. Raiders were up at one point, thirty-one to ten in the earlier portions of the fourth quarter. So, competitively speaking, the game was over well before, and it, it was a it was kind of a strange feeling, Raspy, to, to be looking at it, watching a Raider game, and you're watching a situation where the Raiders are on the road, and the game is over pretty much midway through the third quarter. It was kind of a it was a unique experience, and one that I hope that the Raiders can duplicate a lot more often going forward. Couldn't agree more, man. I uh, I talked with Hart off air and uh, really thought that we were, you know, Denver was running into a buzzsaw and we were going to respond. I was hesitant to go real hard on the prediction, but I just knew we were going to win that game, you know. And, man, what a response from these guys. What a response from the coaching staff. And if there were a captain, man, it's Mr. Versace. I mean, come on, man. What he did after all this you know, is nothing short of miraculous, man. And I'm just impressed by the way this guy carries himself, by the things he says, the way his team responded. I mean, man, it was just this is an awesome thing to see. I mean, everybody responded, you know, and even some of the, the more maligned aspects of the roster of the team, the offensive line, which we're going to get into here in a minute, I thought had it's by far the best game. We always like to start, you know, it, it usually starts and ends with the quarterback, right? Guys, whether we like it or not, you know, sometimes that that's maybe a little bit cliche. But I, this time, Derek Carr came out under some really adverse circumstances. You know, the spotlight really had turned to him. How was he going to respond? Is the next – there's all, all the speculation that already started. Is the next coaching staff even going to want to retain him? Those types of things. Well – First impression with the with the the Brissachia regime so far so good. Eighteen out of twenty seven for three hundred and forty one yards, two touchdowns, two tutties, as Raspy Raider likes to say, for a big one hundred and thirty four point four rating, eighty five point two QBR. Raspy, you know the thing that really stood out to me here in this. Well, it's too early to see if this is going to be a true pattern post Gruden, but. This has to stand out, Raspeed. 18.9 yards per completion yesterday for Derek Carr, which is the most of any nice. Raider quarterback since Carson Palmer way back against the Chargers in uh, November of 2011. I mean, what, what do you even say to that with Derek Carr yesterday? On the road. Yeah, on the road, no less, and just dialed in early and firing on all cylinders early. Man, it's like we talked and talked and talked about these slow starts and how they were just 
starting to galvanize the team a little bit in a horrible way. So to see that, to see us come out and snap one off early was just, oh, man, it was beautiful. Just lifted the whole atmosphere, right? Absolutely. And even though they came back and fired one at us, it was like we went back down and moved it down there. Yeah, we kind of sputtered a little bit, but then started just getting it rolling and just keeping it rolling, man. And it was a beautiful thing to see. It's just it's just a, a world of difference what it does to alleviate the pressure off of your own defense when you've got points on the board right away, you know, in the early part of the game. It, it was just a different flow, as Greg Olson alluded to. You know, Derek Carr, this is his fourth 300-yard game in the first six. First time any Raider quarterback has done that as well, Raspy, since a quarterback that I know you really like to watch back in the day a lot, I think a lot of us did, is Rich Gannon's 2002 MVP season is the last time a Raider quarterback has done that. You know, there, there's a lot of – there's still a lot of detractors out there, but – can't really fault the, the under some really tough you know circumstances with all the uncertainty going on around him. I thought that this was one of the better performances of his career, given all those factors. The 90.5 pro football focus grade, Raspy. I thought he spread the ball around. You know, the Raiders had, what, seven plays of 25 yards or more? And that's the, that's the most of any NFL team since 1991. Oh, you and, gotta love that. You know what's so impressive about that too, Raspy? That's obviously that's just an impressive, just alone. You know, something that hasn't happened since 1991. You know, with with any quarterback, not just Raiders, but anybody in the league, he did that with, with you know targeting six different players for those seven 25 yard plus explosive plays. That that makes it even more impressive, doesn't it? Absolutely. And Josh Jacobs had one of those. <laughs> yes, he did. We saw a screen. I mean, and it worked swimmingly. It did. I mean, it was beautiful. It was set up great. The lineman got out in front, did exactly what they needed to do. And if it wasn't for one of our guys kind of getting, you know, kind of tripped up in the in the fray there, he'd have probably went to the house, you know. So big, big time, man. Yeah, and it was just a great thing to see. I feel like we never really saw screens to the running back with Gruden. I don't know what his thing was with that, but it was just great, and it worked. It wasn't just that we ran it. It worked, like you said. It was blocked up really nice. And Raspy, it's hard to really talk too much about Derek Carr without talking about what Henry Ruggs continues to do out here, man. I mean – we heard the noise, you know, a lot of Raider fans thought this guy was going to be a bust or thought he was a bust coming off of his rookie season and wanted C.D. Lamb and, you know, this, that, and the other. I, I said coming into this week on our preview show that I thought he was the best receiver on this team right now. All due respect to the greatness of Hunter Renfro, who is truly everything that he's built to be. But Henry Ruggs, three catches for 97 yards, 32.3 average raspy. It's just mind-boggling. The touchdown, he set up another, basically the, the touchdown that, that ended the game in the fourth quarter, ended, ended any chance of the of a Bronco comeback. That is 85.6 pro football focus grade. Say a few words about a young man that we both really liked coming out of Alabama, and we both advocated the Raiders to take in the draft last year. Well, yeah, you see what it does for your offense to have that top opener you know what I mean he's just 
it's so big, man. A, a big play can happen at any given time with this young man. And he's not just sprinting by everybody and catching it. I mean, he's going up and high-pointing these balls with coverage, coming down with big-time catches, man, just muscling his way to the end zone. I mean, he he may not get a lot of targets, but the ones he's getting, he is making count in a big, big way. Couldn't be more proud of how, how he's responded this year and what he's done so far. Did you know that he – I mean, everybody knew about the speed, right? I mean, that's that's legendary. Everybody knew about the speed coming out of Alabama, the track 427, you know, speed, legit 427. Did you know that he had these kind of hops and body control and the, the hands? I mean, he – right now he's legit. People kind of, you know, compared him to Tyreek Hill coming out. And last year I thought that was the difference between those two was – Tyreek Hill seemed to have a little bit more high point ability and a little bit more physicality and body control, but it seems like Ruggs has really closed the gap in a lot of those areas. And I don't know, he's starting to reminisce the Deshaun Jackson or a, the, that Tyreek Hill type. Yeah, I think probably, I mean, right closer to Hill and the fact that he's, man, he's packed on some muscle. The dude looks jacked. And he has just taken the ball away from people, man. That's a huge sign. I mean, everybody thought he was just the burner who needed to get, you know, three yards of separation every play. He's proven that he doesn't need that. And that's huge, man. That can, is going to bode real well for us going on, you know, going forward in the future. So can't say enough about him, man. His upside is just through the roof. I mean, I just see him getting better and better. I mean, how big is this upside, really? You know, that's that's the question. Well, who are your leaders in yards per route run right now, Raspy? You know, Devontae uh, Adams is <laughs> Well, it's not Ruggs, but Devontae Adams is number one at 3.73. No surprise there, right? A great receiver for a number of years, Aaron Rodgers. C.D. Lamb, another fine young receiver that most of Raider Nation wanted last year, 2.88, so very respectable there. Jamar, Jamar Chase, uh, 2.86, and Henry Ruggs tied for third at 2.86. This is across the entire league. So the question now is, is, is he a number one? In, in, in your mind, Raspy, is he a legitimate number one receiver right now for the Raiders? I don't know how you could argue it too much, man. I mean, he's he's definitely not just some gimmick guy. I can promise you that. He's showing that in spades. So, you know, if he can come along like this, then there ain't no reason that he shouldn't be our number one. You got Edwards there, too, that has got plenty of upside as well. The beauty of it is, man, is me, myself, I don't really care. You know what I mean? I want them right. all to eat. You know what I mean? I want everybody to eat. I want Edwards to feast, Renfro, Rugs, and then let our tight ends feast too. And so, but he has every bit of the capability. Absolutely, he does. Yeah, it, you know, I was tweeting with a bunch of Raider fans right after the game or late in the game when it was, you know, the the outcome was pretty much decided, and you know, you, you look at Brian Edwards with the key one handed grab late on third and six to. Ice, another weak attempt, but another attempt at a Bronco comeback. You know, if they stop us there, who knows? But it probably not. But the third and six, he one-handed catches and takes it, you know, 40, 50 yards into the red zone. And then, you know, they don't call it third and Renfro for, for no reason. 
the Raiders have maybe the most clutch wide receiver duo in the league right now. I know that that sounds kind of crazy with the youth and stuff, but these guys make plays and consistently this season, I'm just talking about just this season, every time that we've needed him in overtime or whatever the, the case may be, these guys have made plays. Ruggs made one of his big catches was to pretty much put the game away, uh, you know, with that second big catch. So Clutch, clutch trio, and you know these got the future is bright, as Raspy said, with these receivers, and you know Raspy, the, the running game wasn't great. This didn't exactly remind me of the days of Bo Jackson and Marcus Allen or anything like that. But Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake, I felt like, you know, made a, a significant positive impact on this game. I thought this is the type of impact that Gruden talked about them having, but he himself was not able to facilitate this type of performance by these two backs the the all Alabama backfield that that we were you know that we were sold in in the preseason I agree and we got three touchdowns out of those two yesterday and and they did come in and get yards on the ground you know yards in the spring game you know yards receiving like that wheel route that Greg ran that car just dropped it in a bucket that was beautiful, beautiful man such a beautiful play and we talked about that last week, too. I'm not trying to toot our own horn by any means, but it's like, can we get this man involved in the pass game? That's what he's been known for, you know? I mean, the guy's got great hands, and he's awesome in space. And you see it. I mean, impressed, man. Definitely impressed. And we got enough out of those boys. And you know what? That's just going to build confidence not only in them, but in the O-line and in the play and, you know, the play callers to, to dial their numbers up. You know what I mean? When your number's dialed up, are you getting positive yardage? Are you pushing us down the field? Are you making plays? Well, that's a, that's a good way to get the ball in your hands a lot more. So they did what they needed to do. It wasn't overwhelming, but it wasn't underwhelming either. Absolutely. And, you know, Jacob, 16 carries for um, – 53 yards, nothing to write home about. Drake, four for 34, 8.4, 8.5, sorry, yards per carry for Drake. Drake also with those two big catches for 39 yards, the touchdown. Jacobs with the big screen out of the backfield, as well as Raspy already talked about. And with Drake, you know, Drake is the first Raiders running back. There's a lot of these stats this week for whatever reason. Maybe read into that what you want with Gruden being fired. All of a sudden, Raider first from 91 all the way up. Drake is the first Raider running back to have a touchdown on the ground and through the air in the same game since DMAC, Darren McFadden. Jeez. Old Raider favorite from 2011. Oh, run so, DMC. Run DMC. And Carson Palmer shouted out in the same show. Who would have <laughs> thunk it? <laughs> That, that team was very close. That team was very close. The O-line, Raspy, uh, I don't know what Bisacci and, and, and Coach Cable, I don't know if they, they went out and had a, you know, had a few beers after the, the Gruden thing and came up with a, a whole different approach. I don't know what happened. Only they know what happened. All we know is the results on the field. And Derek Carr was not sacked in this game. He was hit three times, but given what we've seen, no sacks. He really wasn't flustered as much, nearly as much as he has in recent weeks. And the run game showed the only signs of life, as we just as we just talked about, that we've seen basically this season. 
is the stock up on this offensive line or is it just too soon to really to 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 kind of make that sort of statement yet? I'm not going to jump on it too soon, but and and I don't know if Gruden was necessarily the catalyst. I hate to even say his name about the Parker switch with Leatherwood, but it's it it's helping though. And I still, well. I still, yeah, I still truly believe that Leatherwood is our future right tackle. But it was a lot to ask of this young man to shove him in there, you know, right off the jump. So why not kind of let him get his feet wet and ease him along a little bit and show him what this NFL speed is like and what it's going to take and maybe check him a little bit to say, hey, man, we, you're not quite ready yet. We're not taking you out of the lineup. We're just bumping you in because we know that you can handle your business at guard and you're a big road grader, earth mover. I think it's, it's been a great, great thing to make that happen. That change is starting to pay dividends. You know what I mean? So, but I, I you know, Andre James even made some really good blocks out there. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> as hard as we've been on that young man, it's just amazing, man. Like I said, after that, I feel like that dark cloud, man, is now lifted. And uh, I, I was hearing a little something about John Harbaugh. He knows Rich Passaccia real well. He's coached with him. And he said, I think the Raiders might be able to go on a roll with him. You know, he, he this guy is respected in this league, man. And I, I didn't speak on it. Something similar. Yeah, and I didn't speak on it last uh, on, the, on the pregame to the Donks. But – um. Hart put the, I know he put that out on the Twitter feed too, but man, that video of Masashia talking when he was in Dallas to these men, he was talking to the whole entire team, not just special teams. This man commands attention of a room and he has grown men just at attention, paying every bit of their attention Darn. to what this man has and what he's saying. And with what May, Mr. Mayock has said about him too, about one of the greatest leaders of men he's ever seen. Well, you saw it, man, and I get it. It takes the whole team, but there's got to be a captain of that ship. You know what I mean? And sometimes we didn't know what in the hell our captain was doing. Well, you know with Rich what he's doing, and he's motivating. He's leaning on the people to do their individual jobs, and I think that is so important, man. I think Gruden had his hands in too much stuff. I just love the way this man carries himself. Agreed. And, you know, Darren Carr, I know, I know the Carr brothers, especially Darren Carr, can, can be a little cringe sometimes. They can make you roll your eyes sometimes. But I thought it was interesting today that uh, he tweeted out something very similar to those sentiments about Bisaccia, something to the effect of if the team loves this man and responds to this man, basically if this keeps up, maybe we shouldn't risk this whole thing by – bringing in a whole new coach and risking getting worse to get better again. And we never know where any, we know as well as anybody with Raider nation that the rebuild, those rebuilds are not guaranteed. You're not guaranteed a thing. Nope. You're not guaranteed a thing with these rebuilds and, you know, big shout out to, to Rich Bisaccia. And you talked about the old line. I, I don't think it was a coincidence that Von Miller did not record a single stat until the fourth quarter of that game. So Brandon Parker, to your credit, you just talked about uh, Parker, the, the move to put him on the right side. 
he pretty much neutralized Von Miller. I mean, through the, the game was over in the fourth quarter. So to keep him off of Derek Carr, to keep him from registering a single st- statistic of any sort until the game was competitively over is a big win for Brandon Parker. And, you know, Leatherwood, I, don't, I also don't think it was a coincidence that he had his best pla- passing grade, pass blocking grade of his young career so far. So the offensive line... Uh, you know, Colton Miller still has not allowed a sack on the season. We don't talk about him enough on the show. No, so and that's it, the thing. We don't talk about him enough. We touched on him last week a little bit. And they, when they were running it his way, it's 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 all good, man. That guy, you know, it's when they don't call your name is when you know you're doing a damn good job. But, yeah, you're right, man. And I'm glad you said that because that, that man deserves some love, man. That dude has just been the most solid, steadfast dude on that line, and you can just trust him every week to get it done. Just rock solid. Yeah. I mean, yeah, love him, dude. Mr. Love Dependable. the way he comes out. Yeah, man. And and we were, you know, both of us were like, dang, we went O-line, Colton Miller. Man, we, you know. The I mean, I'm not saying that I still wouldn't out. get – I'm not saying that I still wouldn't draft Derwin James just because of his talent and everything, right. but I will say that I was wrong about Colton Miller. I will say and that. I, yeah, and, and, you know what? That. and I think a lot of that, too, is he, throughout all of this, has kept Derek Carr clean from that left side, and it is so important. You know what I mean? When so, the line has been the most shaky around him yeah. in his career, you know? Yeah. He has just been as steadfast as can be, man. So you just got to give that guy some love for sure. Yes. The the extension looks like it's money well spent. Was well worth it. <laughs> so far, absolutely. And Raspy, I don't I saved this one for towards the end of the, the first segment here because I thought one of the biggest things to come from this game was and it was one of the biggest questions that a lot of us, I know you and I included, had coming into this game. We didn't just lose our head coach. We lost basically our GM, our talent evaluator, president of player personnel, but we lost our play caller. And to see Greg Olson have to assume those duties, you know, no time to prepare, just, you know, suddenly you're the guy again. He hadn't called plays since his Jacksonville days. This is going back a few years now. Can I just rattle off a few numbers to you real quick, Raspy, then you can react here? Please do, man. I just wanted to go. This is uh, Greg Olson by the numbers, guys. You know, first off, the obvious thing that we all saw, you know, the low-hanging fruit, we scored a touchdown in the first drive for the first time since, you know, last year's 12 games since we had done that, going back to last season. The play-action game is back. The play-action game, we, we we noticed it live. It was, it was easy to see. But then when you see the cold, hard numbers, Raspy, the Raiders ran play-action on – under Gruden, only 10% on average uh, per play, you know, 10% of the time under Gruden, we did play action. The highest rate we ever did was 17.5 in a game earlier this year under Gruden. The league average for play action is 24.6% of dropbacks. So we were way under the average under Gruden. One game under Olsen so far, short sample size, all that, I get it. 27.6% dropback uh, play action percentage under Greg Olson under the, you know, for the first game, very, very effective. 
you know, I already reiterated the number about the, the seven plays of 25 yards or more, which is the most since 91. And we talked about the intermediate area of the field, right, Raspy, in, in the, the previous show, that that's what was missing this year under Gruden. Well, 22% of our dropbacks in this game attacked the intermediate area of the field. Well, how did Carr do in those in those plays that, that uh, Olsen called? 83% completion, over 100 QB rating, 18.8 yards per attempt for Derek Carr in those in those dropbacks. And then lastly, just two more quickly, Raspy. In this game, the Raiders had the top EPA per play and per pass in the entire league for week six. And they were also this we also set season highs in EPA per play and per drive. Only the Packers were with Aaron Rodgers were better in terms of EPA per drive this week than we were. So much treasure. I mean, ovation, Mr. Olsen. There's a lot of criticism, a lot of people. I wasn't sure. I wasn't blown away by Greg Olson at times in the past. You know what I mean? I'm just keeping it real. Were you as impressed by Greg Olson's start of the first, you know, first game con plays for this this in the Gruden system as I was? Absolutely I was, man. And I think he must have been listening to the show. These are, <laughs> these are all the damn, you know, you, you know, he was because I mean, these are all the same damn things we spoke about pregame and he did it all. He worked right. in the middle of the field. He ran the play action. He did do some some different looks, running some screens, checking off, maybe run a little counter action. You know, what I mean, didn't see the toss sweeps or the end arounds like I was hoping for. But hey, you know what? Hey, man, maybe he's saving those for another day. We did go off tackle with Drake when he went untouched for that last yeah, touchdown. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was off tackle, and it was it was beautiful, you know. So, man, I think a lot of it too is just like DC. Greg Olson was kind of under, or you know, under that cloud that Gruden just. I don't. I won't say it, but that cloud, <laughs> that real dark, nasty cloud. <laughs> And you see what happens when he had the opportunity to go ahead and just call the game as he saw fit, see what he saw out there, and react accordingly. And boy, did he act! Boy, did he react accordingly? Because man, it was just beautiful. That was the most, like you said again, the most complete game that we have played all year, and maybe even leaking back into last year quite a ways. You know what I mean? So. That's off to Mr. Greg Olson, man. I mean, the guy coached his butt off, so. You know, he, he did, and he's still using the Gruden system, which I've, you know, I, I really like the, the play We've never hated on that. Has. We've never, never hated on that. It's his play calling and situational, you know, that's it. And it's hard. I mean, it's just the one game sample size, Raspy, but it's hard for me to really ignore the, all the first because, you know, we had we went in, into the, into halftime um, 17-7, right? The last time we had a 10-point lead at any point in the first half of any game was the – I hate to bring this up. It's bad memories, guys, but it's just to bring up a point. We haven't had a 10-point lead in the first half of any game since the, the last game in Oakland, the, the unfortunate – Gardner Minshew, Jacksonville Jaguars coming back at the that we haven't had a ten point lead in the first half since then. 
So it clearly Gruden had some part in these slow starts and not being able to dictate. We talked about the lack of dictating under Gruden. We dictated the entire game to the Broncos. It's a totally different feel. The defense was able to play better, which we're going to talk about here in this next segment. But, man, the offense set up the defense to succeed and vice versa. That's called complementary football. We just haven't seen it under Coach Gruden. So, I mean – Hats off to Greg Olson. John Morden, I'm sure, had a lot to do with the with the game planning. Derek Carr had something to do with the game planning as well. So very satisfying offensive performance from top down against the, the Broncos, ruining Mike Shanahan's induction into the ring of fame. <laughs> it couldn't have been sweeter. It just couldn't have been sweeter. You know, you know, Al was looking down, loving him some, some of that. <laughs> I mean, I heard that some of Shani's guests for the game were leaving midway through the third quarter. It just doesn't get any better than that. It just Dude, really doesn't. Just watching <laughs> watching donkeys just tuck tail and walk out into the third. Beautiful and you know that enough. they were walking out thinking that, okay, we're, it's over. The season's done. That's, like how, fair, and that's done. how fair weather these people are. We spoke about this last week as well. We have seen it. I live here. Hart used to live here. This is the way they are, man. They will jump ship so quick. And you know what? To be a part of that and to be the cause of that, it was so just, sweet. oh, man. And I was over here watching this game with the worst toothache maybe I've ever had and was still jacked up and juiced and screaming, you know? Maybe a little right. upset that I screamed as loud as I did once I did because it was like, oh, that hurt. <laughs> we have to sit <laughs> back down and try to calm down a little bit. But damn that. I hate the donkeys, period. I want to beat them every single time we touch a field with them. So the, they're, they're, beating them up is just always so much sweeter. It is. And the last thing I'll say about this before we head to segment two is, you know, the Broncos crowd was really weird. And this is going to sound weird, but this is why the, the early start was so big by Olsen, Carr, and the Raiders. The Broncos fans came to that game. Raspy speaks about, the, you know, how fickle, fair weather they are. They came to that game looking for any reason to, to either believe or not believe in the Broncos, whichever one came first, right? Right. And we gave them the reason not to believe. That's why the quick start was so important. Had they jumped up on us 10, 14, nothing like every other team had done, they would have said, okay, this team is for real. But they came to that game and they were eager to find out any evidence, okay, we just want to know. We, we're looking for anything to believe or disbelieve in this Broncos team. We gave them every reason not to believe, and they left in the third quarter. So excellent job by the Raiders in that game. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> Later. Later. Loving it, man. You ready to talk some Raiders defense, who also had oh, a big, big game? Boy, oh boy, am I ready to talk some Raider defense, man? This tooth yes, pain sir. is just this, this, this tooth pain. Even if it's just going away temporarily, all of a sudden I don't feel anything. Let's get into this. That's right, man. That Raider winning cures all, man. Including who knew? <laughs> including tooth pain. Who knew it? <laughs> Raspy Raider and I break down a pressure-packed performance by the Raiders defense. Right after this word by Scream Genius. <laughs> this break is brought to you by Scream Genius Horror Boutique. They've got a wide selection of horror themed and related products, guys. 
they've got really everything. They've got horror-themed apparel, bedroom sets, pillow covers, car seat covers, windshield covers. They really have it all, guys. For the ladies in particular, all the horror-loving ladies out there, they've got dresses, crop tops, sweatshirts, jackets, leggings. They really do have a wide selection for the ladies. And the fellas, they haven't forgot about you guys either. We know a lot of, a lot of guys in Raider Nation love horror. And for you, they've got sweatshirts, horror Hawaiian shirts, button-down shirts, bomber jackets, baseball jackets, hoodies, and more. Myself, I just went on there and grabbed a really cool Freddy Krueger baseball jacket. It actually kind of looks like it was made from Freddy Krueger's sweater. I mean, it's just it's, it's just so cool, man. It's off the hook. Keeps me real warm here in spooky season. The, the weather's a little cooler these days, and it's up to the task. They've also got the goths covered as well. I know that there's a lot of members of Raider Nation that are goths. They've got you guys covered as well, both men and women. And speaking of raider nation that's how i found these guys the the owner guys is actually a major major raider fan and i know here at raider nation we support our own so nation head on over to etsy.com and search for scream genius and see what all the five star reviews are about they they have very very reasonable shipping times as well you know that's going to be important with the holidays coming up guys so head on over to scream genius on etsy.com or at etsy.com and when you check out guys use promo code scream 77 for a nice discount they'll hook you up so head on over to screamgenius.com over at etsy and uh, make sure to tell them that the boys over there at silver and black hack sent you scream genius the place to get your horror fan cred What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome back to the Silver and Black Hack Podcast. I'm your host, Raider Hart, and you are listening to the Raiders Donkeys Recap Show. Back with Raspy Raider once again, uh, soldiering through a toothache situation. I think we've all been there. Um, but guys, the, the Raiders defense, we're going to recap the Raiders defense in this segment. Uh, this is a topic that's kind of dear to Raspy's heart, being a defensive man, defensive guy himself. I think the story here, Raspy on defense, doesn't it have to start with this stat right here? Raiders hit Teddy Bridgewater 17 times. The 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 Broncos only hit Derek Carr three times. Isn't that the, the game in a nutshell right there? I, I have it wrote down and just circled like 25 times <laughs> we hit this man 17 times man he looked out of sorts at first drive yeah we weren't we weren't we were even getting a little bit of pressure that first drive but he, he was standing in there well that's only gonna last for so long when you're bringing heat like that man and it, and it wore on him and you could tell it was visible <laughs> and uh you can only get hit so many times before uh you start to worry about getting hit hit again so it Definitely speaks volumes of uh, how that how that game went, man. It was it was awesome. Them boys put on a clinic. I mean, is it? I think we can officially call this a pressure defense with the Raiders. It's just 
can't believe that I'm even saying that because it's just, it's been so long, but I mean, it's nothing short of miraculous, Raspy, what Gus Bradley and his staff have been able to do to transform this pass rush because, you know, we're only committed. We, we, he still doesn't blitz. It's not like he's changed his stripes and is blitzing a lot more with us than he did elsewhere. Still not, still not pressuring. One of the things that we were worried about, everybody was questioning when we hired this guy, you know, he doesn't like to blitz and we don't have guys that can get to the quarterback up front. What are we going to do? It's like, you know, he brings in Ngakwe, which is obviously huge. And then he finds these otherwise would be cast off defensive tackles who can all have one skill, which is getting up to the quarterback. And I guess he just said, let's just assimilate all these guys. Every one of them that's played for me in the past, we're going to bring them all here within Gakwe. We're going to trust that Max Crosby takes the next step. And all of that has happened, Raspy. It's like, uh, it reminds me of like Anchorman when he grabs the horn and he's telling all his, <laughs> his anchors to assemble. <laughs> right. Like, Gus Bradley's got the bullhorn. He's like, anybody who can hit the pass, the passer, assemble. Darius Pylon, <laughs> Quentin Jefferson brings in this square kid who just looks like he was shot out of a damn can and didn't even know who the he hell number 90 the quarterback. Didn't even know who number 97 was. You and I were on the phone, like, who's 97? And I'm like, square? You're like, oh, yeah, they just brought him up. And you see this Faison out there in the back end. And, uh, man, he just – what he's been able to do uh, just on every level, you know what I mean, but especially that front four, it's, it's just crazy, man, and so welcomed. <laughs> like, for for us who have just watched us be a defense that couldn't get after a high school quarterback all of a sudden be able to be elite in this league, we're not it's just okay pressure. in this league. We are elite in this league, man. We are. It's ridiculous, man. To think about we're top six, seven in anything after what our defense has put out there for the last – That's pressure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, one of the – and we and we even said about it. You alluded to it last week. It, it's like we got so – you know, everybody just as a whole with all these analytics has kind of got away from like the sacks and the pressures. And I get it. Pressures – they. Bus pipes, man. It means a lot. But that getting home effect matters too. And we did it all. We weren't just applying pressure. We were getting home too. I mean, what a day. What did Max end up with two and a half? Well, it's funny you say that because depending on the source, um, they have them from anywhere from three sacks to five on the day. Oh, well, geez. So, I, I'd give you five then because I tell you what, the guy was everywhere. So, that's, that's how dominant he was, though, Raspy. It's like you have all these NFL analytics sites, you know, professionals, men and women who pay their, you know, feed their families w analyzing this stuff. They couldn't even quantify how dominant Max Crosby was because he was right. everywhere. Like they couldn't even Crazy. determine exactly what, okay, three, five, like what, what who, he, did he get that one? But it's like they were coming so fast. And not just Max Crosby, that's how ferocious the entire defensive line was because they couldn't determine – Okay, was this Jefferson and Crosby? Yeah. Was this? Was That's this why it was so hard for him because everybody's coming at once, man, and everybody's getting a mid on the quarterback. You know, I mean, there was a couple plays where there was three guys that had a hand on the quarterback. So you do right. split, what do you do? Split that three ways, you get a sack and a third. I didn't, you know. I mean, whatever, dude. And that's the beauty of it, man, is knowing. You know, I don't know Max personally. Max, you should reach out. We can talk about it, but. uh 
Come on the show. He, yeah, but he doesn't care. And that's what I love about him. And it seems like Jan's done the same thing and all these guys have bought into the same thing. They don't care. They just want to get the quarterback down, get him down hard and get the drive, you know, and get off the field. So I love the attitude. I love just the tenacity and just the swag that this front four is showing. Man, and this defense, like you said, you have it's all predicated off pressure from the front four. He's not going to give you a lot of help. He's it's not the Ravens D where they're going to send safeties, you know, water five times a game. You know what I mean? Yeah, send everybody, send the coach's wife out there to blitz on third and eight. You know what I mean? You just never know. But so to to have a team know that every team knows that with you, and you're still getting home. It's a beautiful thing, man. It's something we haven't seen in a long, long, long time. So I am just as excited as could be. And it was, I tell you right now, it's like these dudes are listening to the show because we said you got to get home, and they got home a lot. I mean, this is what it looks like when you get, like you said, the best of both worlds, the, the pressure rate and getting home and finishing on a good number of those sacks. And, you know. Kill the drive. They do. They they do kill drives, and you know, you the fact that we were able to get that kind of pressure sixth in pressures as a team. The fact that we're able to get that kind of heat up front, just it just does so much for the, these three deep and four deep looks that we're showing. A lot of these three safety looks, we're able to blanket with coverage back there. They were talking about it on the on the broadcast. You know, about how we like to play that blanket coverage. But but when you can pressure that way and the quarterback's having to dance around in the pocket and there's still that kind of coverage. And we're playing – it's not like we're just playing blanket coverage behind it. Anybody can do that. We're playing good coverage behind it, you know? Well, that's why you we picked at, them off three near four times. You right. Know? I mean, they're, they're turning the football that, over. Got all that help. Sorry, man, I mean to cut you off. We got all that help, and that's the – oh, man, it's huge. I mean, they're all getting in on it. Solomon Thomas had five-plus pressures again. Ngakwe was great against. We mentioned Square, Quentin Jefferson. They're all chipping in. But Max Crosby had a Cleo Mack against Michael Schofield type of afternoon, though, to, to pace the group. I mean, how dominant was Crosby in this game, guys? Well, if for the pro football focus guys out there, gals out there, 89.6 grade. I don't know how it wasn't a 90-plus, to be honest, because the man logged 12 quarterback pressures, anywhere between three and five quarterback sacks, depending on which site you – which metrics you, you trust from whichever site, website. Five QB hits, seven QB hurries, one pass broken up, five run stops, six tackles. <laughs> it, it just – I mean, wow, I love it. I mean, yeah, that's dominance. phenomenal, man. I mean, how many pressures did we have? Do you have that stat? I don't have that stat. It has to you be 20 have, plus, though. I mean, be, that's crazy. Every pressure, unless every single pressure got home to got the quarterback, home. practically, yeah. you know, which doesn't yeah. usually happen. No, I, I bet you we had 25 pressures in that game. I think they threw the ball like 50 sometimes because they had to there towards the end, you know. Well, I mean, just be well, we had to just because just between Solomon Thomas and Max Crosby alone is 17. Yeah. 12 and 5. So, yeah, it's crazy, so, man. So probably 25 plus because those other guys were getting after it too. It wasn't just yep. those two guys. But, you know, just to finish up with Crosby's dominance so far, it's time to kind of shape up his – 
the first half of his 2021 season can we can kind of sort of compare it historically now there's been enough games the sample size is starting to to shape up leads the NFL in pass rush win rate at 28% so Miles Garrett, Khalil Mack, whoever else you want to talk about, he beats the offensive blocker in front of him within two second, 2.5 seconds more than anybody else, 43 pressures on the season. And Raspy, let's look historically, okay? How many let's – look, let's look back at Raiders who now through six games have five-plus sacks going back, okay? How many guys have done that in recent, in recent memory? Well – Richard Seymour did it in, in 2011. He had five sacks through the first six games, just like Max Crosby has had Darryl this year. Ru- did Daryl Russell sneak in five there somehow? Daryl Russell did not make that list, but you know who did? Another man from that era that's really slept on? The, Burgess? The, Derek Burgess. The hyper-underrated Derek Burgess I did it twice. some Derek Burgess, man. Derek Burgess yeah. was such a bright spot for us there for a minute because we had time. nobody else. Yeah. yeah. But I love me some Derek Burgess, man. I knew that. He did it twice. Five in 06, seven in, in, in 05. I think he had 15 or something sacks that year. And Max Crosby this year is the other guy. Cleo Mack is not on this list. Raspy... How good can this guy be? I mean, I, it's crazy to think that he's got over 40-some pressures. And I think a lot of the reason why he doesn't have more sacks is because he's the one they're looking at. He's the one offenses are looking at. You know and what I mean? Some guys are eating, too. Yeah. And they're, yeah. So, not let that guy beat you because they probably go in there with the attitude of don't let this one man wrecking crew beat you. So quarterbacks are quicker to get the ball out of their hand, even if it's an incompletion. I'd love to see the stats on incompletions forced by his pressure. You know what I mean? Like those real, right. real hard breakdowns, but I'm sure it's ridiculous. So how good That's can the model be? that I'm gonna look at? What's that? I'm going to look to make a model with that. I don't, I don't know if I anybody's think that would that. be. I think that would be amazing, dude, because – League-wide. League-wide, that would yeah, be interesting to see. Just see, like, what – because you know he's causing so many balls in the dirt, so many overthrown balls, you know what I mean? Causing interceptions with pressures. You know, it's crazy. You I know call it yeah. effective pressures. Effective pressures, I think, would be phenomenal. Raspy Raiders got effective pressures. I'm actually kind of surprised that that's not out there, but you know what? If anybody can bring it, to, if anybody can bring it to the forefront, it's my my man, Mister Hart. So if I can play any Raspy Raiders stat, I'm with it. But uh, but yeah, man, the dude is he's next level, and I we've always I've always backed him up. We've always backed him up. We I think the dude, I knew it. I knew after last year, I knew he was struggling with something. Didn't know if it was injuries, didn't know what it was. He finally came out there and told everybody, hey, man, I had a problem. And it takes a big man to say you had a problem and to be able to put it out there and put yourself on blast. And but make the respond. changes. And he even said himself that D-Wall was the catalyst of that. So, D-Wall, thank you, man. Thank you for allowing to, for you to be so vulnerable. And show all these men and just uh, across the league, let alone just across the world, man, they're like, hey, man, we're men, but we go through stuff too. Things get in the way. Things, you know, make us struggle and we don't know how to react to them. So 
showing some vulnerability, getting the help, showing that, hey, man, and look what D-Wall has done, just ascended to the stars. And Max is right there with him. He's standing right there with him. And he's Max has put it on wax straight up that D-Wall was the catalyst of him getting his you-know-what together and starting to look in the mirror a little harder and reflecting on some of the stuff that he was doing that wasn't allowing him to be his best. So I knew when he got that under wraps that he was just going to shine. And so this is not a surprise to me at all. Like I, I called this to, I, this guy is going to be a stud. I don't think it was like a long shot to call that necessarily. So I'm not looking for any run, but go back, of, go back to the beginning of the season, you know, preseason stuff. And you'll hear, I knew he was going to blow up, man. I knew he was going to, because I just have seen too much from this dude. He is a monster and he's just getting stronger and faster and he's getting wiser too. He looked slow last year at times. Yeah. But come to find out he was probably nursing a hangover. (laughs) You're not going to play as well. You're not going to play as well, period. You're not at top, top, of your game. He knew it. He said it himself. I'm not calling him out. I'm not putting him on blast. He said it himself. So I knew he was going to be this. And I'm just so excited for him, man, because you know what? You kid, I'm not, you know, I'm 40 years old, but, you know, so I'm not trying to call you kid disrespect to you. I would hate to run into you in a dark alley, Mr. Crosby, but you are about to get that payday to take care of your family and to take care of everything around you and put yourself in a position just to win. So keep doing your thing, man. You deserve it. Guy, if we guys like you, with attitudes like you have, man, you deserve every bit of what you get, man. So go kill it. Keep doing this, man. And we love you here in Nation. And I tell you what, let's not do this again. I want Mr. Max Crosby to retire here. <laughs> Yeah, Keep him around, bro. No nonsense. I was just going to say, yeah, he's going to get his money, and it better be with the Raiders this time. Yeah, better. Absolutely. They better pay him whatever the hell that man wants because he's worth it. So just stay here, baby. And I know he wants to be here. He's a Raider. He's even said it through and through. This is He's a Raider. It's in his blood. He loves this, man. So he's, he's a Raider, fit. but let's not test that. <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's fit to be here, but yeah, Mac was too. Let's not test that. Let's just go tell you what, man. Let's go wrap him up. <laughs> Get him set up for the, for the future, man. Just make sure he's a mainstay for the Las Vegas Raiders. I think Sorry, I kind of went off on a tangent there, but I just love that man, and I just love to see what he's doing, and I just think he's kind of overlooked still, even with all this stuff going on, he's still kind of overlooked. I mean, he's not the Miles Garrett, you know, he's not. So, okay, fine, sleep on this man. Be the worst thing you ever did. I mean, he has pro football focus as defensive man of the year so far, so he's not. Being I know PFF's on him. No, I know PFF yeah. is on him, which but I respect the hell out of. They do yes, have. Some I respect the hell out of that. So just keep and they said that before yesterday. They had him and Miles Garrett before yesterday's performance. It was those. Yeah, you put that on the pre-show. You put yeah. that on the pre-game show. I remember that. So yeah, they they know what they're doing, man. They know what they're doing, man. I'm telling you, there's you know there's some stuff where it's like yeah, but they they have some some pretty cool stats and some uh, some numbers that correlate to success. So. Definitely worth looking into, but super stoked for what uh, Mr. Max Crosby's doing, man. Keep doing your thing, homie. 
Yeah, they even had it. It was like the three their three candidates for defensive player of the year were Max Crosby, Miles Garrett, and Max Crosby. So they, <laughs> I love that. So they really love him from Crosby. I love and, it. Yeah, and, and again, that was before yesterday's dominance. But we can't really talk about all this pressure without talking about the other end of that, the other arm, you know, the other wing yeah. on that bird. Is oh, he's I changed, he's, he's changed there. everything. He's, uh, he, is, he has pro- propelled Max for sure. Well, he has. I mean, I, well, I think you're talking about Ngakwe, who was great, but I was actually going to talk about the secondary real quick. Um, oh, I love Ngakwe that, was great. Ngakwe was great again with his pressure, and he has been the catalyst. He's been the bookend. He gave Crosby the confidence in the offseason, and it's, and it's, he's played spectacular in the, the game. It's not like it's just been a locker room thing. He's His pressure has really spearheaded a lot of this stuff and allowed – other guys to feast. Where do you double team when everybody is 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 feasting? In fact, the fastest he has the fastest get off of any player in the in the league right now off the edge. So, but I, I actually wanted to talk about the Raiders secondary. Um, what what do you say about the the Gus Bradley Ron Miles effect here, man? It it just it's they, you mentioned it at the beginning. They pick off Teddy Bridgewater three times. Um, defended a number of other, you know, pass attempts, made Teddy Bridgewater hold the ball on a lot of those sacks that got home. Teddy was having to hold the ball an awful long time. And Raspy, you look at the, the Gus Bradley effect, you talked about it. It we're, we're getting close to the point where I'm not even sure if it matters who's, who's on the outside as far as the corner right now. You know, obviously Hayward's been lights out, but Trayvon Mullen has been out for a couple weeks now. Uh, you know, Amik Robertson had a, a little bit of a bumpy first couple series. And then you mentioned him, man. Brandon um, Faison comes in here, uh, plucked him off of the Chargers practice squad. So he, he's one of these guys that, again, the common denominator, these are guys that are were spread around the league who had all had history with Gus Bradley in some form or fashion had played for him. You know, Bradley plucks him off the, the Chargers practice squad after we played him a couple games ago, and he intercepts. He starts the pick party, Raspy. He intercepts Bridgewater on a on a f- early fourth down in the first half, and it really, until he got injured later on in the game, I thought it just kind of went on from there. He, he played physical. He played confident. Uh, again, he turned he turned the football over. His coverage was on point, and. Isn't it crazy how it just really doesn't seem to matter who's at cornerback anymore? They all seem comfortable in this this the scheme. They know what's being asked of them, and they go out there and they execute and play good football week after week. I mean, well, I'll tell you what, it's man, better. it's it's amazing getting Paul Gunther out of there and getting a competent defensive coordinator in there and seeing what happens. He simplifies things and basically he breaks it down to physical ability. He's not asking you to do too much. He's asking you to do your job. It's similar to what Belichick does. He gets guys that are good at their job and asks them to do their job. Instead of having guys chasing their tail all damn game long, wondering why the hell the other guy didn't do what he was supposed to be doing, that kind of thing, go out and do your job, man. And really, for me, man, I don't care who it is. If we're out there dominating like that and we're getting covered sacks, we're getting turnovers. We're picking the ball off, and we're high. You know, man, I don't care where it comes from. But I'm going to reiterate, 
on what I said last week about Mr. Trayvon Merrick. I always get his name mixed up, and I know I'm probably gonna get slaughtered for it. I need He's to know. Great. I need to know this man's name and say it right because he deserves that. This kid is nasty, dude. He is like one of the pillars in the post of what we do. It's it's a it's amazing what this rookie has been able to do coming in, and I think Gus Gus just simplified it for him. This is what we need you to do. This is your area. We know you got the wheels to cover it. We know you got the skill set to cover it and the physicality to play this position. And we're going to put it on you, man. We're going to put a lot on your shoulders. And this guy has responded and just, I mean, in complete dominance, dude. I mean, it's, it's amazing what he does and how much he protects us on the back end. To have a guy like that, I mean, this is like a, need I say, a little – Damn, what the hell is his name? I'm drawing a blank right now. Who is uh, Earl? He's like a Earl Thomas with more length and just as much speed. I'm saying it. Wow. He is that. He is that. He's on his way. That's who he is. Let's not forget, guys, he's got six games of experience, and this is what he's doing. I mean, I know I know the Broncos got off a little bit of a – on us a little bit on the yardage pass wise, but let's face it, man. Time. It was thirty one ten. Let's let's get realistic. Yeah. Let's get realistic. I'm not hating on that. Do we started playing that prevent and just getting kind of soft to make sure the big play didn't pop off over top. So that is not by any means on Mr. Merrick at all. And it's he not respective of the game. He has been flat out dominant. And I'm just you gotta give that kid run. And I've given Hayward Mad run. He is the catalyst of this, but he's also not back there on the back end. That's Mr. Merrick, and he is flat out dominating out there. So, from a rookie, I mean, could you ask for anything more than what he's given you? Well, we can't run this defense without a guy at that position being able to perform at the level. There's no one else on our team that could do it. He allows Abram to come down and be that boxer you know what I mean he can just get down on the box and just play heavy and lay the wood he allows him to do that which has right. made Ab- which has made Jonathan Abram a hell of a lot better too Mr. Abram has stepped his game up too and they got nothing but love for you man do you think he had his best game as a pro Abram did I mean he I came agree. down and made plays like you said in the box he was physical in the run game and then he made multiple he was good in coverage and then he made that it was a desperation throw, but on fourth down, it was just good to see Abram bait Bridgewater into that fourth down interception with 30 seconds yeah. left because he looked like he was going to play the flat, and he baited him into that and peeled right off into the passing lane. And, you know, Bridgewater basically put it right on him. He didn't. He never He never thought he was going to be there. That's a smart play from a guy like a junkyard dog like, like Jonathan Abram. When you start getting a junkyard dog that's out thinking you, that's a real scary thing to, right? to, to have to contend with. And, you know, the defense as a whole, though, Raspy, you know, holding the Broncos to 10 points in the fourth, until the fourth quarter, effectively the game, the competitive part of the game was over. I mean, because we all know what was happening. 31 to 10, even the Bronco fans knew what was coming at that point. They were packing up and leaving. They were leaving. So this is complimentary football. And, you know, it's just to to see the the gelling that has taken place there. And then when we get guys like Trayvon back, you know, 
I'm hoping that we get Morrow back at some point. Um, so we can get healthy, you know, and obviously we need to get healthy. We need to get Hankins back at some point. But just the defense, man, the defense as a whole continues to be – we're top 10 in EPA per play now defensively, man. So there's what was metrics. That? What was that, kids? What was that first? Was it Damian Square? Yes. I'll tell you right I mean, now, Hankins, you better get you better get it together. You better get it together quick because this kid is filling your boots. He filled your boots. <laughs> he filled your boots pretty, pretty, pretty solidly. This last weekend, you better get it together. We talked about it last week about how you, even when you were in there, you weren't like necessarily dominating the run. This dude was flat out playing with his hair on fire, ready for the opportunity, and man, he killed it. I mean, at this point, I'm ready to give. They better have given Gus Bradley the carte blanche, bro. To whoever right. you see out there that you, if you, I don't care if it's Raspy Raider, if you want to bring him in and try him out, anybody that he has identified to come in and play has made an impact. It's it, just plucking cats off of practice squads. Guys, Phylon wasn't even in the league for the last two years or so. Just, you know, obviously keeping himself in shape or whatever, but he wasn't even playing football. Never thought he, never knew for sure if he'd ever play again. He's like, yeah, come on back. The guy's getting after the quarterback. And, and I was called. And to piggyback off that, I was kind of frustrated that he was like a healthy scratch yesterday. Because I felt like he could I play, he could have played a really good role. I think he could have done what Square did. But you know what? I I will I'm not gonna sit here and throw semantics at you. I, I just want us to win. So whatever it is, however it comes, but I think Darius Phylon has done way too much in these first five games to be sidelined for any reason. I don't think there's any reason for him to be sidelined, but you know what? I'm not the coach. And you know what? Mr. Square came in there and straight up, he was like a square in there, dude. He took up like two spots, just bum rushing the line and causing havoc. Pressuring the quarterback. I mean, he's one of the guys that got a half a sack. And it was... I said it too. I said it, man. Somebody's got it's the next man up kind of mentality. Solomon Thomas had five pressures and was bringing the heat up the gut. You know, Jefferson was getting some run. He he sucked it up and he played well. You know, we were talking about him being doubtful. Came in and played well. You know, Square comes in and just gets a sack and a half and you know a few stops and was doing his thing and causing causing all kinds of ruckus. So, man, what a beautiful thing, dude, to have multiple guys. I called him out a little bit last week and said, hey, man, this is supposed to be one of those things you guys said. We had a lot more depth in the front four. So, well, let's see that depth. I get it. Hankins is hurt and Jefferson's doubtful. But, hey, man, it's the next man up mentality. And and we're starting – it seems like we're starting to kind of build that continuity and just that – the mindset where it's like it is the next man up. And when a guy gets an opportunity, he makes it count. And, man, that's what winning culture is right there. And we Dude. just haven't seen it. We just haven't, we just seen, haven't it. seen it in so long. So it is exciting to see. And I'm just, man, I'm just loving. I'm loving me some Raiders right now. What a difference a week makes, man. And a crazy, hellacious week at that. I know, man. And I saw I was chopping it up with this old time Raider fan on Twitter after the game, a cat that goes way back to like he saw Stabler win a ring like that far back. And he said that this defensive line and this pressure is starting to remind him of the days of 
Long Alzado and Greg Townsend. Now he would know more than I would know. I don't, I don't remember those days, but it, just the fact, like I'm, I'm not going to go that far, but I can't really speak on it. But just the fact that that a cat that saw that is comparing the two just tells you we're definitely on the right track with this defense. That says, so. says a lot, man. There's that no says doubt. a whole lot. Whole that, hell of a lot. That, 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 that dude, number love for you, man. Respect, because he's been true even more than we have, you know? He's Shout seen out some him. of the glory days, though, so I'll give him that, and I wish I would have been there with you. I'd, I'd almost give these years up of mine to see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So if we, totally can get him, if, we can get him, if we can get him now, then I'll take him, man. Please give him to me before I die. <laughs> well, if we can keep pressuring the quarterback like this going forward, that, that puts us a lot closer to that goal. I like it. So, um, no plank this week, Raspy. You want to run down your captain, though. Let's do captain. Just because there's nobody worthy of a, the plank this week, as I said yeah, at the, right. the beginning there. Um, Man, we'll I bring that back, but not this week. Yeah, yeah, it just wasn't the week to plank anybody, man. Not after how each and every one of these dudes on the roster responded, for sure. Coaches, everybody. We talked about it earlier, and I told her myself, I was like, man, I'm having a hard time with the plank. And he's like, I was too. <laughs> and we could have found somebody, but I'm not going to nitpick after what the hell's transpired, man. I didn't know what we were going to get. In a way, I felt like I did – Towards the end of the week, I felt like after listening to Basaccia and just kind of catching a little vibe from him, the guy gave me goosebumps, man. If you haven't seen that video, go hit us up on the Twitter feed and go check it out. Yeah, it was really. I mean, the, the dude is, he's got, he's a, at this point in time, he, this was two or this was two, three years ago when he was with Dallas. So this wasn't even with us. But he doesn't just have the special teams group in there. He has the entire team in there. And he's got – this is Jason Witten before he even came to us. He's calling out. Witt, he's calling out. I mean, all these guys. And, and man, just his just his demeanor, just his attitude, and the way he commanded a room. I mean, the first thing he said is, I don't give a what you make. And it was like, that's what you need, man. You need a coach that's not enamored with what you are. Gruden would get an – I hate to say his name. I'm telling you, I'm not going to say his name anymore. I said it a couple times on the show, but I'm not going to say it anymore. And I'm going to work my butt off to try not to. But I, Gruden would get so enamored with players. And I think he he did worry about what they made and how much we were going to have to pay them. And you know, I think he worried about those kinds of things, which – when it comes down to it, man, this is the 53-man roster of men that are trying to go win something and have a common goal. You can't have the guys leading those guys be enamored by who they are. Sorry, you just can't. And Versace doesn't seem to be that guy, which I just love. So <laughs> just, right. I, I can't wait to see what this man continues to do with this team, man. There's The sky is the limit, man. I agree, man. I agree. Um, who's your captain? Man, this is a tough one. I want to give it to Rich so bad just because of what, he, what he's done. And, and there's multiple guys that I could give it to. But we we touched on it earlier, man. It's My captain's got to go to Mad Max. Aye, captain. 
the yeah. guy was just phenomenal. I mean, we I know we're kind of beating a dead horse and maybe I should have went somewhere else and I could have easily done that. But this defensive output that we had, man, aside, take that first drive away, which I feel like was pure adrenaline on the Broncos playing in their own house. You know what I mean? Take that away, dude. And then the garbage touchdown at the end, bro. We beat these guys 34 to 10. <laughs> You know what I mean? Which is probably more closer to what the game actually was. So, Mad Max, do your thing, man. Keep it up. Keep doing it. You're my captain. I'll leave it at that. Hard to argue with that performance that he had yesterday. And, you know, I've gone back and forth with my choice. Um, you said that you wanted to give it to Rich Basaccia, but you went with Mad Max and gave some strong, compelling points as to why he went that way i'm gonna go ahead and go with rich Bisaccio. a shout out to greg olson who i was gonna go with with the play calling you know for for those that may have joined in late here or, or missed it somehow uh go back and and listen to the greg olson by the numbers segment there in the the first segment it's just you know night and day difference with the play calling but I, i'll go ahead and give it to rich Bisaccio. I captain just not just because he's a interim guy getting his first win you know the whole cliche you know give him the game ball that kind of stuff it's the circumstances that he was thrust into all of a sudden this guy did not have any inkling a week ago this time that he was going to be coach and all of a sudden he was thrust into this situation and maybe it was about this time a week ago that he just first was was even realized that he was going to coach be a head coach and he had for any from my knowledge i'm not even sure if he's interviewed for a head coaching job elsewhere so and then to be going on the road with the season on the line if we had we lost that game yesterday you know our death spiral would have started most likely not the broncos and for him to go through all that lead us on the road and we played inspired football we played we put together the type of complete performance as raspy was just saying like we haven't seen in in years under gruden under the he who will not be named we'll just say that for referring to this guy from here on he who will, he who shall not be named you know wasn't able to get those type of that type of complete execution and performance for four quarters so for those reasons and probably even more I'm going to go ahead and, and put Rich Basaccia. The, our, the new Raider captain is also the captain of the week. So hats off, sir. Hell of a job. Gotta love it, man. Uh, he was, he literally led us to, I think, as interim head coach for the Raiders in our history. He just outshook Bill Callahan for 2001 for the most points scored in his first game as interim head coach. And I wish I had the actual list, but I think the I think the top dog on that his name was Milt. <laughs> Milt Wadley or something weird. I don't know. The only other guy to score more, more points as the interim head coach for the Raiders and I think it was in like 61. <laughs> but right. This dude not only did he come in and play the interim he came in into just a absolute you know what storm and he weathered it so 
I mean, we could have went so many ways. I could have went DC. I could have went Greg Olson. I could have went yeah. Versace. I could have went Henry Ruggs. I mean, I mean, this is so many. I could have went Kenyon Drake for the fact that he broke out and finally started making some plays for us, man. There's so many different ways I could have went. Merrick, Merrick could have been the captain. I mean, it's 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 crazy to think of what transpired yesterday and how many captains it was like everybody had an eye patch on yesterday and was just coming to work and i i knew they were gonna do this and, and i know hard will back me up i told him the broncos are running into a buzzsaw but i was still so scared on the show to just say we were gonna run away with one that I just called it close because I thought we were going to maybe be a little more tighter battle than I thought. But I knew we were going to score 30. And I, next time, Raider Nation, I will not do that to you. I will throw it out there. Damn whatever happens. If I take an L, I take an L. So my bad on that for being hesitant. But I really thought that we were going to be that buzzsaw running into Denver. And you know what? We were. And it was amazing. So damn that last touchdown. Who cares? Let them get a garbage fail touchdown. We won that game 34 to 17, as far as I'm concerned, maybe 34 to 10. So either way, that's a dub and it was a clean one at that, man. So go nation. Thank you nation for everything you do. Thank you for always having our backs. Man, that's why we do it, right? That's why we do it to make sure every single week that everybody knows who in the hell we are. So let's keep pounding it. Let's keep knocking it out. Let's let Rich lead this ship into the future. And I tell you what, if this man continues to roll out wins, then I don't want him going anywhere. I think a Bronco fan, a Bronco fan said it best. He had me laughing on Twitter. He said, somehow Vic, Vic Fangio has managed to be the fifth best coach in the AFC West this year. <laughs> Do the math. Do the math. He's fourth and fifth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I not as good as Reed, not as good as Staley, not as good as Gruden, unfortunately, not as good as Basachi either. So good luck with that, Donkey fans. But for my co-host, Mr. Raspy Raider, uh, you know, again, stepping up, on the injury report and uh, making it happen today. So shout out again didn't to think we'd Raider. Have, didn't think we'd have an injury report on the uh, on the hosts here. Yeah, and we, we did this time. And <laughs> hey, man, I'm a power through. And I tell you what, Nation, thank you for letting me power through because I tell you what, I feel better when I than when I started. I promise you that. So appreciate y'all. Absolutely, guys, and. From your host, Raspy Raider, to, to the rest of Raider Nation, guys, join us again here, end of the week, for the Philadelphia Eagles coming into town. Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles will break down all the key numbers, matchups, everything that you need to do and to know to get ready for another very important game that the Raiders cannot afford to drop and we'll get a good idea if this Raider team leaving the old coach behind maybe they've left this whole playing down to lesser teams at home behind as well so Man, we'll I get you so. ready I think we all hope so and uh, Raspy and I will get you ready for that but in the meantime guys 
enjoy your week stay safe don't work too hard out there guys and uh and savor this savor this victory and uh, sort of you know th- as, as we go through the week and turn our attention to the eagles but in the meantime guys above above all you know what's coming just win baby wow i love it